Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I really appreciate it. Those watching on Rumble, please like and follow right now because that really helps us a lot. Those that are fasting on Fridays, I haven't mentioned this in a while, I realized, and um, I want to talk about that for a minute. What we've been doing, some of you that are new to this, every Friday we've been encouraging people to fast. And it's kind of a shorter fast than normal. You fast from dinner on Thursday night to dinner on Friday night. So you're really just skipping breakfast and lunch on Friday. And during those times, you're just fasting and praying for our country, that you'll have wisdom to know what God would have you to do right where you are. And that by doing this, we're just calling on God in a special way to have, be merciful with us, to, to listen to our cry for help. I think it's a wonderful thing to do for a thousand different reasons. But those that have been doing that, thank you so much. And those that haven't, you might want to consider that. It's um, a great discipline in life, but it also just matures you in your Christian walk in a very special way. AW subscribers, thank you so much. Those that love watching these videos but are not an AW subscriber, I just want to encourage you to look at it in a different way. And those that are subscribers, don't look at it as if you're paying us for something. I would rather you look at it as you're supporting a cause. You believe what we're doing is valuable and you're saying, yes, I'll give $5 a month for that. I want you to look at it that way. So in case you don't have the opportunity to watch it every single week or whatever, you won't go, oh, I'm not even watching that. So it's a waste of money. I won't do it anymore. It'd be a valuable thing even if you never watched this because there's so many voices like mine that need an audience and they need to get out there to different groups of people and awaken them to what's going on. And if no one's willing to support that, then we just have the mainstream media that has billions and billions of dollars of support from all the bad things. And, and that's the only alternative. So I just want to encourage you, whether it's Agenda Weekly you're subscribing to or one of the other many good conservative Christian podcasts and things, look at that as you are supporting the cause. You're being part of this movement to spread truth and trying to make a difference. But thank you so much. One of you sent me these, and these are very interesting. I'd never seen them before. These are called uh, Goldback. What it is, this is literally, and this is one two hundredth of an ounce of pure gold, and it literally is, it's just been pressed so thin, it can bend almost like paper, but it's exactly one two hundredth of an ounce of gold. So that's worth $10 um, as far as the gold prices related. But one of you sent these to me and I couldn't read the name. Your signature was uh, where I couldn't tell who it's from, but whoever sent me these, thank you. But I, I, I brought this up to tell you this. Our side, people that are freedom-minded, that are entrepreneurs, they know we don't want the CBDC. They know we're not interested in being controlled by this totalitarian regime that's growing all around us. And so many different people are coming up with different solutions where you can eventually use these, where we just buy and sell with these, so we're totally out of their system, have nothing to do with it. Um, what a blessing that would be. Uh, because then you're, you're not even in their currency, you're using something else, so you're not even... Uh, probably wouldn't even be legally responsible for taxes if you're just trading something of equal value with each other. 
anyway, just something interesting to think about. I was encouraged by it. Thank you for sending them, whoever did. It's, it encourages me to see free enterprise is alive and well, and we're going to come up with solutions to the problems they are purposefully creating to enslave. This week, America and the world are waking up. I want to talk about that and just a lot of the different fronts we're being attacked on that we talk about all the time. But how I see in each of those, they're waking up different groups of people. Farmers are waking up because their farms are being attacked. They might have been liberal farmers. They might have been people that never even cared about politics or anything going on. But all of a sudden, they're personally being impacted. So they're waking up. Here's the key, and we'll talk about it more today. When you wake up in one area, it usually overflows into so many other areas. Because when you see the lies you've been told in that particular area, climate or COVID or farming or whatever, all of a sudden you go, wait a minute. I've been lied to, and no one likes that feeling. And so you start digging in, and you realize, I've been lied to in every single area possible. But all the different attacks we're facing, and they are serious, and they're not going away, I feel like they're really starting to actually wake up a huge percentage of people. And so we're going to talk about that today and some of the positive things going on with that, but how we still got to continue this battle because evil is here to stay. But anyway, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to start by just reading a couple paragraphs from an Alex Newman article, a good friend of ours. And it's talking about the same type of thing. He's noticing it. He gives lots of different examples. But this is what today is about. All over the world, the peasants and the tax serfs are getting restless. There is the message that voters are sending loud and clear from Argentina, Brazil, and India to the United States, Italy, Sweden, the Netherlands, and beyond. Politically incorrect populist leaders and political parties are surging at the polls. In many cases, they are becoming the dominant political force as awareness grows surrounding the Great Reset and other totalitarian schemes from big business and big government elites. And I agree with that exactly. It's just, it's really growing all over in places I thought could never wake up. And then he ends with this, which I agree with 100%. How will this all play out in the years ahead remains to be seen. The establishment does not intend to relinquish power easily. But one thing is certain. Politics is going to get interesting and intense in the coming years as voters do everything they can to protect their liberties and civilization from the globalist establishment seeking to destroy them. The battle is set to intensify going into 2024. Hang on to your seats. <laughs> and I would agree. And buckle up because that's where we're heading. One of the things I noticed this week that made me think down this line of reasoning is Dr. Peter McCullough had a little video, and I'm going to play it for you in just a second. But Dr. Peter McCullough, in January of 2020, would have been the classic intellectual doctor doing research that probably if you would ask him political questions or about the deep state or the globalist or the great resetter, he wouldn't have had a clue. He wouldn't even know what you're talking about. He'd say, I'm working on, you know, some research for heart disease or whatever. But from being exposed 
to the lies of COVID and the shot. He's completely awakened in, in just a way that's, that's happening to so many people. But I want you to watch this short video right here of him talking about this because it's a blessing. This is God answering our prayers to wake the troops in just a really powerful way. You know, disease X worries all of us. It's a it's a hypothetical illness, a virus, a bacteria, or a fungi. And uh, the leaders of the World Economic Forum and the WHO are positing that it's 20 times more lethal than COVID. The first question we'd ask is, well, how do they know? We know that the SARS-CoV-2 virus came out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Probably the next biological threat, there's manuscripts published on this, again will come out of these bio labs. So the, we, we should be focused on where these labs are, what research is going on, uh, does the research need to be done, and you know, shouldn't we shut down these dangerous biological programs so we don't have another worldwide disaster? So WHO and the WEF are way off base. They're dreaming about more vaccines, antibodies, therapeutics, and worldwide control based on disease X as opposed to eliminating disease X or any potential biological threat that could come our way. The money now in this biological threat countermeasure world is enormous. We found that out with COVID-19 and we see all kinds of runaway programs. You know, Moderna has 31 messenger RNA vaccines, 31. The first sets of messenger RNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna have not turned out well at all. They didn't stop COVID and they haven't been proven to be safe. Mm -hmm. 31 coming our way now, respiratory syncytial virus, uh, pregnant women getting vaccinated the third trimester, monoclonal antibodies given to babies on the first day of life. We have no assurances on safety on any of these developments. So this biopharmaceutical complex that's formed has really figured out how to run the table, and I think it is about money. Look at what happened with COVID, then right into respiratory syncytial virus, right into disease X, and it doesn't stop there. A climate crisis by which all kinds of things are happening. You're probably seeing farmers protest because they're, they're, they're being told their land is gonna be taken away, all based on a theoretical climate crisis. This is all, uh, I think, prima facie evidence that we see a worldwide power grab going on, one world government coming our way. Wasn't that powerful? A one world government coming our way? A medical doctor that, again, a few years ago, would have probably been clueless to almost all of this. And disease X, which is 20 times more lethal. But, but they tried to close the net too quickly. This kind of information is getting out and waking up millions of people. Red China also, I was researching this week, they have several bio labs in America, many of them. And of course our government allows it because they have a plan to use it at some point. And anyway, it's just it's so encouraging to see that. I mean, not only Dr. Peter McCullough, but Tucker Carlson. Three years ago in January 2020, he was conservative a little bit. Now he's a hardcore conservative that believes about the conspiracy theories and things that are true. And it's just a whole new ballgame. Joe Rogan, someone's kind of just rambling about whatever to get an audience is now talking about now and then some very important, serious things from the proper viewpoint, from the conservative viewpoint of truth. Russell Brand, who's a new ager, a liberal guy, but again, COVID just woke them up to, wait, 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 wait a minute. 
and they all have huge platforms and there's just thousands and thousands of other people and millions worldwide, hundreds of millions of people today think totally differently than they did in January of 2020. And that is a huge blessing. Another thing that's awakening the troops is the surveillance cage that's being set around us. You probably saw 400 airports are now using facial recognition technology. But if you are an illegal, I don't know if you saw this, this is just shocking. No worries, no ID is needed. Welcome aboard if you're an illegal. If you have the little phone the government gave you with their app, you don't even have to show ID getting onto a plane. But everyone else, you have to get your face scanned. Well, actually, no, you don't. It's illegal for them to do that. So we need to just say, no, you will not scan my face. And you have a right to do that. Just like the scanners, you know, where they have you stand in those scanners. We have, since the beginning, have refused to take those. My family, my children, whenever we're going there, we'll go, we'll take a personal pat down, whatever. We're not getting in that machine. They don't even allow those machines in Europe because they're not healthy. They're dangerous to you, but people don't want to be surveilled. And so as they continue to do this more and more, many people are waking up. A real quick comment on the Putin interview last night with Tucker Carlson. A lot of interesting things there. One key takeaway for me, having grown up in the 70s and 80s, when the liberals, the Democrats, they loved the Soviets. Senator Ted Kennedy was over there, we now know, meeting with the KGB secretly in Moscow while Reagan was president, letting them know what he was doing and what was going on and that we'll stand with you all if he ever tries to attack you or whatever. That's Ted Kennedy. That's the Democrats in the 80s. And now they act like, oh, he's the most evil person that's ever existed. Well, it's crazy. Another observation on the surface level, um, and I'll get into, yes, that he's a communist and stuff, but how sharp he was compared to the idiots we have in political office. Vivek Ramaswamy, I think that's what was so refreshing about him during this last campaign, is that he's actually sharp. And even if you don't agree with everything, it's so refreshing to have someone that understands the times and can articulate what's going on there instead of these normal, like the Lindsey Grahams and the Mitch McConnells, is that people that are, they're really idiots. And I'm not saying that as a cut down. It's just a fact. They're, they're not the sharpest and the brightest. They're the dullest that, that you could possibly get. I remember that when I was in politics in Idaho. I was shocked at our U.S. senators and congressmen and things there how dull they were. I mean, they just weren't sharp people. I was intimidated going into there because I thought, oh, I'm going to be out of my class, you know, here with these people. And they were just like at a seventh grade level. They didn't know anything about anything. It was really weird to me. But anyway, so that was uh, refreshing just to see someone, just his understanding of history and America. It was like, wow. That's someone that knows what they're doing, good or bad, and is just, I don't know, compare him to Biden. You go, some guy that can't even put a sentence together and someone schooling Tucker Carlson on history and facts and everything. But obviously he is a communist. So you can't trust the words, but there's many facts he did have. 
um, and that we're correct. Of course, we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. He knew that, the CIA, and everybody else knows that. We also know that the Ukraine was never supposed to be part of NATO. Even the founders of NATO said that. If you allow them into NATO, you'll be sticking your finger in the Soviets' eyes. Our State Department, though, loves war in one and one bad, which is clear. And if Biden would have said Ukraine will never be part of NATO, the war would have never taken place. But uh, And Putin did not want that war. This is uh, costing him in many ways and just the waste of military strength and dollars and everything. But he was also not going to be bullied into allowing American weapons right on his border, just like we would not allow that if they tried to put weapons in Mexico or like they did try to put them in Cuba. We said, no, you will not do that. And so it was totally logical, whether he's a communist or not, that doesn't even factor into that argument. It's we were doing something to provoke him to attack. So when you say he just attacked for no reason, that's not true. That's not a true statement. He attacked for a very good reason. This started in 2008 with the Bucharest Declaration by George uh, W. Bush, uh, continued through the CIA MI6 coup uh, against Yanukovych in uh, 2014. Uh, you know, in, in 2008, when they did the, um, the Bucharest Declaration, Bush said Ukraine and Georgia should join NATO. Six months later, Putin invaded Georgia. And that, that was the end of that. Then in 2014, you have a coup and Putin takes over Crimea. So what part of invasion do you not understand if you're the West? Putin is, is um, he, he doesn't bluff. He you know, Put it in a poker context, he does not bluff. If he says he's going to do something, he does it. But there's this notion that, uh, you know, Russian generals are fat and lazy. They all sit around and drink vodka. Putin's unpopular. Uh, all we have to do is push, push. There'll be a coup. There'll be this internal uprising. That'll be the end of Putin. We can get back to the 1990s. That's the way they think. Everything about what I just said is wrong. None of it's true. Putin is extremely popular. Um, he, he doesn't rely on the oligarchs. He, he tolerates the oligarchs. He relies on the military, the intelligence, the church, the Orthodox Church, and everyday Russian people. He's got enormous support. Another area that is waking the troops is our endless war scenario. The Ukraine war in specific is what are we doing there? Zelensky, as you know, has now canceled the elections. So he's officially a dictator. The death tolls probably at about 500,000 Ukrainians have died. They've also lost about 8 million plus people that have left the country permanently. So it's destroying the Ukraine. If you love the Ukrainians, which we do, if you love life and freedom, um, Zelensky is a tyrant. And this war is destroying the future of the Ukraine, all their young men. We've spent over $100 billion when we're totally broke on this war. And that's starting to wake people up. When they see the debt just climbing trillions of dollars every few months, everyone knows you can't keep digging a hole if you ever expect to get out. And that's what we keep doing. More debt will solve the problems of the debt we have now. And, and of course, it doesn't work. and It's not supposed to. The reason he fired the generals over there that are popular with the people of Ukraine is because they were getting ready, I believe, to have a military coup against him because they see what's happening. America is funding the Ukrainian demise of their future. Um, they're killing off the future in this no-win war. And the more America 
is pushing weapons on them to keep fighting. The more are going to die. They will never beat Russia, period. And so it's, it's, a, it's a war for no reason. And as Trump has said, the day he comes into office, if he were to come in there again, it would be over. And it would be. He would negotiate peace, which they're wanting to do. Another key attack against us that is starting to finally wake up more and more people because they see the anti-human, anti-science propaganda behind it is, of course, the climate nonsense. And so William Lutz is the one who was a consultant to President George Bush, and he got him to abandon the, using the term global warming and said, no, you need to use climate change instead, which is just doublespeak. And it's something just to confuse the terms because climate change, what does that mean? It means the climate's changing. Well, the climate's always changing. Every day it changes all throughout the day, all throughout the week, month, year, and always will. So you've grabbed a hold of something that you say is a threat, but it's just the way things are. And they always have been, but that's what they do. It also came out this week in the war against us with climate change Massive data tampering has been used where they, what they've done is they have the current temperatures current, but a lot of the places where they take the temperature have changed because maybe they've paved parking lots around where those gauges were, but they didn't move them, so they're getting hotter. But they went back and dropped one and a half degrees all the last hundred years temperatures to make it even look like there's more climate change or global warming than there actually is. And uh, it, it's pretty amazing. But watch this little clip here about a guy talking about the actual climate change has been 1.3 degrees over the last 100 plus years. But has that been a bad thing? One person, Coonan, Professor Coonan, made a great point, And he's a Caltech provost. So he's top. He was Obama's kind of scientific advisor. This is top of the heap. And he made the point that in the last century or so, the climate has moved up. You can argue about why, uh, probably a natural cycle. It's moved up around 1.3, 1.4 degrees, let's say. And in that period, the planet has boomed. We've moved 90% reduced poverty. Our climate-related mortality and deaths has gone down around 90%. The GDP per capita across the world has gone up by a factor, I think, seven. And I could go on all day. So we've gone up 1.3 degrees and everything has got massively better, hugely better. And now we're saying 0.5 or 0.6 or whatever number you want to guess at in the next 50 years is going to suddenly make everything bad. It, it's palpably absurd. But yes, Natalie, they're using that simply as an excuse uh, to do or to achieve the strategies that I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago. That was a sharp Irish farmer that's trying to educate others about the facts of the matter. But we've talked about that on here. Warming is wonderful. Cooling is deadly. They flipped everything and inverted it on its head. But now, through the climate scam, they're going after the food. And people are starting to see that. That's what's waking up a lot of people in Europe realizing if you stop the farmers from producing the food they've been producing, we're not going to be eating. And so it's shaking even environmental type people to go, wait a minute, you can't cut food production when we just make enough food to feed everybody right now. That means someone will not have something to eat. 
And so um, it's really powerful that what we see, as you can see on the screen right now, the tractors are lining up all over Europe and they're trying to stand the best they can without weapons and trying to make a difference in uh, we need to be supportive of that. As they continue to do this, millions are going to awaken because just the cuts they're doing now, every year they cut a little bit more and cut a little bit more, more people are not going to have access to food and then become awakened. They're also trying, and they're starting this in Europe, trying to outlaw private gardens in your own yard. Do you know why? It's not equitable. Everybody can't have a garden in their own yard because they might not have a yard, so you can't either. We're going to be in control of food and make sure everybody has the same thing to eat. That's fair. It's communism. <laughs> I've said that many times, but that's all it is. They're going after the farmers across the world. It's quite apparent. And they're using, of course, the classic kind of canard uh, climate. So I believe in Europe, they're using, particularly in the Netherlands, oh, nitrogen. They've chosen nitrogen as their kind of distraction. And then they're using CO2 elsewhere and they're using climate targets and, and you know, all of this kind of stuff. But it seems from the top, there's a relatively sudden interest in crushing farmers and in minimizing the production of real food locally and for local communities. So it seems very much, and I would guess, and it's almost certain, it's been identified now that as well as CBDCs for more control and COVID for vaccine passports and QR codes and all the other things we're well aware of, uh, farming is seen as something to actually begin to minimize, minimize, minimize. And it's basically just helping them on a road to a more kind of 15-minute city type setup, which would be delightful. So let's move the masses into cities and departments. Let's have them tracked and traced, and let's feed them a pipeline of ultra-processed food from all our corporate buddies. And clearly, having lots of farmers locally producing real food, not processed junk, that doesn't really work with that agenda. So I think any listener can realize, ah, that's the connection. Because of course, if you're promoting one thing, you, if you're smart, you always got to make sure you de-promote and remove the other options. Uh, and that's what we're seeing. People recognize a worldwide coup is going on. The globalists, the elites are trying to close the cage by 2030 and attacking food is key because that helps cut the population, but it also gives you total control. If you stop production of food when people are hungry, they'll do what you say if you have food for them to eat. And watch this clip. He explains so well this coup. And the only thing is grassroots. The only thing are the farmers, uh, the welders, the builders, the common sense people of the land recognizing that this is a coup. And the coup was set in motion in the 50s with Rockefeller Brothers Fund. They identified pandemics and climate disaster as very useful opportunities. In the 50s, they identified them with no scientists in the room. And 70 years of funding and growing the UN and growing the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, I could go on all day. They have, through a corporate, strategic, very well-run, you know, corporate thing, no conspiracy theory, they have managed to get all the right people in place in the right organizations. 
And the only thing that can push back against that now is exactly what you mentioned, protests and people coming together at grassroots level. And the reason is that, unfortunately, Ireland's politicians, clearly and evidently, there is no question about this, now set our policies based on UN, EU, and kind of WEF or Bilderberg objectives. And that's why they've fallen completely out of touch with the people because they get voted by the people with some smart talk about what they'll do for them. And when they get in, they immediately answer to the powers that be. So that's what we see. And recently we had a 76%, I think, said we have had too much uncontrolled immigration and the government are still ramming it home. But why would they when 76% of ordinary people in a top poll system, completely representative, are saying no, why would the government keep ramming it in? And the answer is quite simple and self-evident, because they're answering to someone who wants it. Because they're answering to someone who wants it. I thought that was a great description with his neat accent. But so simply in two minutes, here's the facts, is what's happening. It's what's happening in America and around the world. These globalists are doing what they want to do to destroy all opposition that's what's happening in America here right now. Just a week ago, and the bill was killed, but the bill that passed the United States Senate with Republicans and Democrats voting for it and good old Mitch McConnell behind it, um, if you saw it and read it, and hopefully you did or, or heard some commentary on it, it was going to be the final nail in our coffin. Because of the border crisis, which, of course, they created, it was giving absolute power to the Biden administration in America, a total dictatorship. They must know they already have the election fixed because they would not want to pass this and then have Trump come to power where it gives him dictatorial powers over everything because of the border crisis. Um, some of the things that gave total control of the Biden administration to declare an emergency and do whatever he needs to do to solve it. There would also be unlimited funding without congressional approval. So it would give the president the power to spend however much money he needs to to solve the emergency. Also in it, the D.C. court, those thugs, the, the kangaroo court there in D.C. would be the only court that could try any cases related to whatever he did in the border crisis. But even the Supreme Court would have no say over what he's doing. Only the D.C. court. It said that in there, and they passed it. The good old Mitch McConnells, yeah, our great guys on our side. Over a billion dollars went to NGOs, paying back all their buddies. And it doesn't just give them power at the border, like I said. Every city in America... And so it's all a lie. It was to give them a D.C. dictatorship where anyone that came against them and said this is unconstitutional, they would be tried at the D.C. court where all the January Sixers are and President Trump and everything. It's just it's a kangaroo court that just does what they're told. But it shows how rotten our government is that that kind of bill would even be considered by the Democrats or Republicans. But again, it's waking people up because, again, they they push this too hard, too fast. COVID should have been five, 10 years from now when they had been more successful at censoring 
all opposition. They thought, oh, most people are watching mainstream news. They were wrong. They didn't realize how many of our voices, Agenda Weekly, and hundreds of thousands of other podcasts actually had audiences of people that were listening and wanted to know the truth. It's kind of neat and encouraging if you think about it. But because of that, we're still able to get information out on all the things they're doing right now. They haven't been able to just completely obliterate all free speech. So it's a blessing. And I think once you wake up, I've noticed this in life, you're awake. And it's hard to ever go back to sleep because you feel so used from being lied to and stuff by the establishment. But another key part of this, where they're so pushing death, it's waking people up, even in liberal Canada. Right now they have a right to die in Canada. And it's just a wake-up call. It's obviously just to cut population. Now they're encouraging poor people to do this. And so they're just wanting to eliminate people they don't have any use for. And that's the mindset of the globalists. That's why when they cut food production, they know hundreds of millions are going to die. That's great. <laughs> that's what we want to do. But Our world right now is committing suicide. I've said that before in the past, but the governments of the world are, they're doing things that are not sustainable where their countries will collapse, which they want. The cultures are collapsing. When you throw God out and think man has a better way of doing things, you're done because God will make it so. The educational system, of course, you know, not trying to educate at all, trying to indoctrinate, dumb down and pervert the young that are coming up throughout the world. The financial system is collapsing, and they know that. All this is part of the Great Reset. Karl Marx said you must destroy everything and then build back new. That's all the Great Reset is. It's simply the Communist Manifesto repackaged for the 21st century. And the people they're coming against right now so aggressively are all the people that say, I don't want to commit suicide with you. I'm not interested. And again, the people that are wanting to live and have life, liberty, and property and the pursuit of happiness are growing. Those numbers are growing as people see the ugly face of totalitarianism. What does the Bible say? It says, all those who hate me love death. That's all this is. It's a death cult. And Satan is their leader. He hates all of them too, but he'll use them as long as he can until he sucks them down into hell. Here's a quick clip from the Club of Rome, one of their members, talking about this in the delusional way they talk about everything they talk about. In one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way. I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way. I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence. Through, through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for, uh, that we can 
I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. It's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, but if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have it. But, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and you don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but I mean, that's, that's what lies ahead. Do you see how delusional they are? Right now we're supporting 8 billion people worldwide. That's even with all the criminal governments of the world that suppress productivity and ingenuity and all the things. And we're feeding 8 billion people right now. But he said, no, you can't do that. But I thought it's unbelievable how they think. That, I just wanted to play that clip so you go, they're, they're crazy. They're criminally insane. We're going to, in a civil, peaceful way, cut the population by 7 billion people. And he goes, it needs to really be equal. <laughs> what does any of that mean? It's just, it's just rambling nonsense that other intellectuals listen to go, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. The Bill Gates of the world listen to him and that makes sense to them. It's not like this guy belongs in a mental institution. He needs to be locked up for the rest of his life. He's crazy and just stupid in what he believes is true. But um, again, they, they talk this nonsense when it's already happening. We're already feeding 8 billion. I talked about this in Agenda 2, but we could sustain on this earth easily if it was a free earth. And we'll see this one day when Jesus Christ is ruling 100 billion people easily. If you are utilizing everything that's here, they'll never be that population. But the lie that we're out of space, we're out of land, if you travel at all, if you look at Google Earth and go around the world, the entire planet is completely empty. I think humans are using about 5% of the planet. Um, and so it, it's, it's just complete nonsense. But it makes me mad because it's a cult of death and they're pushing this on people that live in the cities that don't realize, yeah, your city might be crowded. You've all chosen to group together like that, but the rest of the world is totally empty. Another key thing that's happening, because of the Democrats' attack on the black community, and of course they do that behind the scenes, they don't do it in the open, but they purposefully pass laws and push agenda items that keep the black community down, keep them enslaved, keep them angry, trying to continue to use them for their votes. Um, it's not working. The new polls are showing 
25 to 40 percent of blacks say they would vote for Trump in the next election. Well, that's fantastic. I think they're just, again, realizing this attack against them, even though the words have been loving and kind and supportive. The reality is our life is miserable every time a Democrat is president. Even our black president, Obama, in eight years, what did he do for us? Nothing. He didn't do anything for the black community. That even shocked me. And But they are starting to wake up and realize that. Under Trump, they were working. They'd gotten off welfare. They were buying new cars and homes and things. And now with Biden comes back in there, he crushes the economy, crushes everything, and they're back in slavery of the welfare state. It's really sad. When my dad and I used to watch games, football games, when I was a kid, I remember something would happen that would cause my dad to say, the tide has turned. And what we meant by that, what he meant by that, I remember one game in particular. It was the Miami Dolphins who were our favorite team because we lived in Florida. And they were losing 28 to nothing in the first half. And we thought, oh, it's going to be a slaughter. But all of a sudden in the second half, something changed. The tide turned and you felt it. And all of a sudden it was 7 to 28, 14 to 28, 21 to 28, 28 to 28. And then in overtime, 35 to 28. And they won the game. And But my dad had said when that first touchdown was scored, the tide has turned. I think the tide has turned in a way. I think God is being merciful to us right now. Um, there are too many people awakening. And in America, we're still free to defend ourselves and have the ability to do that because of our God-given right um, to bear arms and to protect the innocent. And I don't know, again, I think like what Alex Newman said at the beginning of that article, it's heading into some rough waters and the elites know that we're awakening. So they're going to pull out the stops. But just like Yuval Harari, you probably saw the clip of him talking about Trump. And he said he is destroying our entire globalist agenda. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? Shortly? I, I think it's very likely. Mm. And if it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order. And he says it, and he says it openly. Now, again, it should be clear that many of these politicians, they present a false dichotomy, a false binary vision of the world, as if you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, I don't know, global government or whatever. I think he's right. Trump was a great blessing because he was just this normal guy that all of a sudden started using terms to define the world around us that connected with people, like fake news and all these different things. And anyway, I'm just, I'm praying that the, the troops will continue to awaken and that we as Christians, as people start looking for the truth, will be faithful to tell them about the absolute truth of Jesus Christ. Um, the gospel is still the key 
to this turning from just a revolt against globalism and tyranny to a turning back to God, his principles in the Bible, realizing that's what had made America great. That's what allowed us to be so blessed, which allowed us to live such a wonderful, peaceable life, raising our families and doing the things God would have us to do. But I think it's a very rare opportunity as the world awakens. But if God will be gracious to allow us to share the hope we have in Jesus and, 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 and let them see that and have them, you know, be born again where their eyes are open and they're not spiritually blind anymore. So they'll realize, yeah, not only have the elites been lying to me in the media and this educational system, but I've been lying to myself. I've been thinking man's ways are just fine and I can do whatever I want. It'll be okay. But now I realize that's not true. It won't be okay. And I'm just praying that God will allow us one more shot at uh, having a great revival to awaken millions to the, the truth of the cross. And you never know. But I, I'm, I am encouraged because it seems like it's spreading and it's multiplying out. The loaves and fishes are feeding more and more every day. And I know it's God doing that. He's just being merciful to us. Our verse for this week is Deuteronomy 31.8. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. That was Moses talking to the Israelites before they went into the land. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Until next week, God bless you. Welcome to Agenda Weekly. We invite you to join us for an overview of the news from a conservative Christian perspective. You may be familiar with a weekly video podcast from Curtis Bowers, but Agenda Weekly is much more than that. Every Friday, we provide a written summary of the most important news events from America and around the world. We don't just cover the bad news, we find the often overlooked encouraging stories because we all need some good news. Additional resources include informative videos and articles to dig deeper, a featured hymn of the week, essential prayer points, and specific actions to take personally and in your community. For only $5 a month, less than a cup of coffee, you can subscribe to receive the most comprehensive news source available. Our goal is to save you time, expose the agenda behind the news, and equip you to make an impact right where you are. Subscribe today at agendaweekly.com.